Luke chapter 1 is our scripture lesson. We will get there in, uh, I don't know, three or four minutes. And I would encourage you, if you're doing a Bible app or if you have your Bible, leave it open to Luke chapter 1 because after we read the passage, we will be referring to some other verses in that chapter. And it will be helpful to you to follow along from Luke chapter 1. Some of you remember long-distance phone calls. You remember that? I mean, even in the early days of cell phones, you had to be careful that you weren't paying a roaming charge, you know, because it was a long-distance call. Some of us remember when phones were tied to the wall with a cord. It's a wonder any of us were, are alive today because, believe it or not, we actually answered the phone without knowing who was on the other end. I mean, it was just unbelievable. And if you were out of the house, you had to take change with you, quarters and dimes and things, because if you had to make a call, you had to find what was called a payphone and stop and put at some time, you know, there's a, there was, I think it started out, I don't know what it started out being, but I remember when it was a dime and then it was a quarter and then it was 35 cents, you know, and, and um, you hoped that the payphone worked and, and if you were calling a number that you didn't know, hopefully they had a phone book in the phone booth and hopefully nobody had torn out the page that had the number on it that you wanted. Y'all remember some of the, the struggle was real, man. You just didn't call up and say, hey, Siri, call, you know. So, and then you had to pay extra if it was a call that the phone company considered long distance. And if you made a long distance call, man, I'm feeling very old. <laughs> if you made a long distance call, you had an option. You could make it station to station, which means I'm going to call and whoever answers on the other end, I will talk to them. But if you wanted to pay more, there was a person to person option. And that was, this is Ken, I want to make a person to person call to Donna. Then if somebody else answered the phone and Donna wasn't there, I didn't have to pay for the call. But if she was there, I had to pay extra to talk to her. It, it always used to make me feel good when somebody called person to person for me. They wanted to talk to me, you know. And, and um, you remember real live operators back then, huh? You know, I have a person to person call. And, and some kids learn to do that to get a message to their parents. This is a station to station call from. I'll be late. And then you got a call back from your parents. Say, here is a person-to-person -person call for you are grounded. You know, there's there's all those different... You remember those, those commercials? We add a baby, eats a boy. You know, they're just, there were ways that you could get messages to somebody, you know, without having to pay for that money. But a person-to-person -person call made you feel special. They're calling to talk to me. Well, in Luke chapter 1, God gives a person-to-person -person message to Mary. We are studying this month Christmas faith, how the faith of the main characters of the Christmas story was stretched and tested by the events leading up to that first Christmas. 
and we're calling it Christmas Faith, How to Keep Trusting. Today we're going to look at Mary, Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, the town in Galilee, to a virgin pledge, remember we talked last week, that is the betrothal period, which was uh, everything except the physical relationship, it was considered marriage, and to break that betrothal period, there had to be a legal divorce. So Mary is pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled, I would imagine. <laughs> Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father's David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. That's a good Christmas text and a good life text. Nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Go back to that phrase in verse 29, Mary was greatly troubled. It's an interesting word in the Greek language of the first century that this was written in. It means to be agitated, to have inward commotion, to be restless, to be perplexed. <laughs> have you been there recently? <laughs> Are you there today? <laughs> we have all had times in our lives, way before March of 2020, we've all had times in our lives where the circumstances of life came in, news came to us, situations happened that agitated us, that caused us inward commotion and restlessness and being perplexed. In a word, the word we're using today, overwhelmed. And this passage of scripture tells us how to keep trusting God when you're overwhelmed. Tradition tells us that she was a teenager, maybe a relatively young teenager. Now, 
if any of us got a message anywhere similar to this from an angel, as an adult, we would be overwhelmed. Imagine a teenage girl. I said to you last week, we're in danger sometimes of, of making the Christmas story a Hallmark movie. Now, this Christmas story is messy. This Christmas story is filled with drama. And, and she is a teenager who's just been told, you're going to give birth to the Messiah. We know the feeling of being overwhelmed. Maybe the demands of December have you overwhelmed. Now, and we made a conscious decision years ago that as a church, we would not add to the pressures of this time of the year. I, I got so frustrated being a pastor of a church and, and having all kinds of programs, because people expect you to have all kinds of stuff Christmas, and, and my people are coming to me saying, Pastor Ken, we are so worn out. You know, uh, we're not going to be able to make this. We're not going to be able to do it. We, we just, we got school this and school that and work this, and, and we just, and, and so, you know, I made a conscious decision that during holiday time, I want Open Door to be a place of peace and refuge, not a source of more stress. Now, you may be bored by that, I'm sorry. <laughs> there are other places that will run you ragged in December, but, but we want this to be a place where <sighs> I can be at church and just focus on God and I don't have to worry about all kinds of other things. <laughs> I heard of a little girl who had a tradition with her family of praying the Lord's Prayer every night before she went to bed. And one particular hectic December, about the middle of the month, as she prayed the Lord's Prayer, she got a little confused, and she prayed, and forgive us our Christmases, as we forgive those who Christmas against us. And I thought, yeah, well, we know she was too busy, right? <laughs> but there, there's a, this time of the year can be overwhelming, but let's you know forget December. Think back over the last year. I mean, I know there have been times when we've been overwhelmed by a phone call we got with news we were not anticipating. Uh, a good friend of ours had one of their best friends just die unexpectedly this week. I mean, you know, just, just things knock us for a loop and they overwhelm us by experiences, by the burdens of life that cause you to be perplexed that cause your spirit to be restless. It's really uncomfortable, isn't it, to be restless in your spirit. And sometimes we are, and sometimes that's God preparing us for something, and, and sometimes it's just the chaos of life. So how do you keep trusting God when you're overwhelmed? Mary lets us know. First, surrender to God's plan. In verse 38, I like the Living Bible paraphrase of verse 38 where she says, I am willing to do whatever he wants. You know, Be it to me according to your word. I'm willing to do whatever he wants. Surrender to God's plan. Romans 12.2 tells us that God's plan is good and acceptable and perfect. And if we're going to keep our faith in the midst of overwhelming circumstances, like Mary, we have to believe that God is in charge and that God is good even when we can't make sense of it. And along that line, I, I want to let you know that it's okay to have discussions with God, and it's okay to argue with Him. I remember I was at a, at a seminar, and one of the speakers was the actress who portrayed Corey Ten Boom in the movie The Hiding Place. And she was giving her testimony, and she said, 
When I got saved, I gave God a list of what I would do for him and another list of what I would prefer not to do for him. To the best of my understanding, he got those lists mixed up. (laughs) Have you ever said to God, I will never do this, and and heard God chuckle? Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure Mary had lots of questions. You know, I mean, again, a teenage girl getting this message had to raise questions. What will my parents say? What will Joseph say? Remember we said last week, Joseph held all the cards. He could have taken her to the, down, to the town square and had her stoned to death for being immoral. And she had to wonder, how is he going to react to this? Is the wedding off? Is my life ruined? How in the world do you raise the Son of God? Will anybody believe me when I tell them what the angel told me? And how long will it be till Mark Lowry writes, Mary, did you know? Yes, Mark, I knew. (laughs) But, But, you know, I mean, she had to have all kinds of questions. And here's the blank to fill in. It's okay to ask questions. In the midst of being overwhelmed, it's okay to ask questions. And maybe you're watching and you've never heard me say this before, so I'll just say it briefly. Whoever told you you don't question God is not telling you the truth. It's okay to question God. Read the book of Job. And, and man, he had some things to say. And it, God's evaluation of Job is in all of these things he did not send by what he said. It's okay to have questions. It's okay to ask questions. It's okay to ask questions in a loud voice. You know, God... What are you doing? But at some point, in the midst of the questions, we have to surrender to him. And we have to surrender to his plan. See, he has a plan for us, but that doesn't mean it's going to happen automatically. We have to choose whether we're going to cooperate with God. We have to trust him, and we have to trust the process that he's using in our lives. It's easier to trust him than it is to trust his process. Because <laughs> you know, we trust him, but it seems like the process sometimes is kind of chaotic. Trust him and the process. Years ago, we sang a little chorus, yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. Yes, Lord, yes, I will trust you and obey. When your spirit speaks to me with my whole heart, I'll agree, and my answer will be yes, Lord. Yes, surrender to his plan. The second thing you need to do when you're overwhelmed is get around supportive people. You need to find some people who know the power of God in similar situations. It's kind of like the the angel put this thought into Mary when she said, when the angel said, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. That's Luke chapter 1, the earlier part of this chapter. Zacharias was the priest. It was a special day for him. Out of several hundred priests, they drew lots to choose the division of the priests that would serve, and then they drew lots to see who would be the one to serve in the temple that day. 
And Zacharias and his wife Elizabeth were barren. They desperately wanted to have children. It's now physically impossible because of their age. But while he's worshiping God, you remember the angel comes to him and says, you're going to have a son. His name is going to be John. So when Mary gets this visit from the angel and gets this overwhelming news, she knows where to go. To go to somebody else who has seen God's power at work. If you have a supernatural pregnancy, it's good to find somebody else who's had a supernatural pregnancy to get the support and encouragement you need. Can you imagine what would have happened if she'd have gone to her teenage friends? I mean, I don't know what the first century equivalent of TikTok and Snapchat and selfies were, but my goodness, she wouldn't have got what she needed from them. But she knew to go straight to Elizabeth, who is now in the sixth month of an overwhelming supernatural pregnancy. Now, the King James says they were cousins. We don't know for sure, that because that's a word that in, in those days was used kind of generically for relative. We don't know for sure that they were cousins, that, but this is where you, know, you get the idea that Jesus and John the Baptist were second cousins. That's not really the issue. The issue is she knew where to go for support. Go to somebody else who's experienced the power of God in a similar situation. It is essential when we are going through difficult times that we have trusted friends who can encourage us and affirm that God is still in control. And though you may be overwhelmed, he isn't. I, uh, I saw a little blurb and it, it went away from my screen too quickly for me to save it. But basically it said, when you go to somebody and need encouragement and they are able to encourage you, it's probably because they've done some suffering and they've been through some stuff too and now they are able to support us. And, and it's so important when you're, when you're over him, don't go to people who have doubts about God. Don't go to the doubters. Go to people who have a good track record of following God who maybe you're not aware of it, but you kind of sense maybe they might know a little bit about what you're going through. I've seen it happen time after time in a hospital room after the death of maybe a husband. And the wife is there and she's suddenly a widow and she's not sure what's going to happen next. And people come into the room that know her and say all kinds of stuff. And I have sensed them just you know, bowing up. And then somebody else has walked into the room. Another lady about her age. And they just fall into each other's arms and weep. And I'll ask somebody, who's that? Oh, that's her good friend. Her husband just died a couple months ago. Ah, there's somebody who knows exactly what she's going through, who knows what she's feeling. No words are necessary. You just hug each other and cry. You need to have people in your life who will support you spiritually and emotionally when you're going through those overwhelming times. Jesus needed that. Remember, at the darkest time of his life prior to the cross was the Garden of Gethsemane. And he went with his disciples, and then he took Peter, James, and John a little further. 
And he said, hang out with me a little while, and then he went a little bit further. I've seen pictures of the Garden of Gethsemane. It's not that big. And, you know, they didn't help him much. They were asleep. And sometimes you go to somebody for help, and it's kind of like they're asleep. But even Jesus knew the importance of supportive people in your life. And, and a lot of the times, they don't need to say anything. Just being with them and sensing God in them gives you the peace and the calm that you need. You know, there are people you walk into their presence and immediately the agitation's worse. There are other people that you walk into their presence and it's like, ah, peace. And... Uh, I kind of let my imagination go a little bit and wondered what in the world must have happened between Mary and Elizabeth. Now, the Bible tells us the initial reaction, but, you know, she stayed there for a while. And I wonder, yeah, did Elizabeth say, what did the angel sound like? I've always wondered what Gabriel sounded like. What did Gabriel sound like? And, and how did you feel when you heard that? And Mary saying, Liz... How did you feel when your husband came home and said, we're going to have a baby? And, and you know, you, had, you know they had to have some of those kinds of discussions. And, and, and I, I just think, and I can't prove this by the Bible, but I, I just think you know, with human nature that there were evenings that they were sitting around the kitchen table drinking tea or whatever they drank in the first century and just looking at each other and shaking their heads and kind of laughing, you know, what in the world is happening to us? You know, but there was a sense of support and encouragement. When you're overwhelmed, please find some supportive people that will encourage you in your faith. And the third thing, focus on God. Now, I already said to surrender to God's plan. Now I'm talking about staying focused on Him. Mary illustrates how to do that. First, be aware of God's presence the angel said, verse 28, God is with you. When you're overwhelmed, when you're faced with the unknown, focus on what you do know. Isn't it true that when we get overwhelmed with something, if we're not careful, we focus on all the things we don't know? We focus on all of the uncertainties. You know, when, when, uh, when the hospice closed the week before Christmas and there went my income, it's like, it could have been easy. What am I going to do? I've lost this. I've lost that. This is gone. This is gone. What do I do? What do I do? doesn't help anything. <laughs> when you're overwhelmed, don't focus on the unknown. Focus on what you do know. And what you do know is God is with me. And you overcome the fear of the unknown by focusing on what you do know. And what you do know is God is with me. And in Luke chapter 2, after the birth of the Messiah and the visit of the shepherds, you remember it says, Mary kept all these things. That word means she treasured these things and pondered them in her heart. That's how you become aware of God's presence, is focusing on Him. Be aware of His presence. 
Proverbs 14.26 says, In the fear of the Lord, and that word can be translated in the awareness of the presence of the Lord, there's strong confidence. When you're overwhelmed, I think it's more important than ever to make sure that you saturate yourself with God's presence. And you do that by paying closer attention to the input you allow into your spirit. When, when there have been times in, in our lives where I've, just, where I've been, it's like, I don't have any idea what's going to happen next. Lord, you got to give me some help. It's during those times I try to be really careful about saturating myself with the presence of God. I don't think it's a sin to listen to secular music. I think you need to be aware of the spirit of it and, and the lyrics of it and stuff. But, you know, it's not a sin to listen to, you know, 90s on, well, I don't know about 90s on 9, but 60s on 6. You know, but, you know, it, it's, it's okay to listen to secular music. But when you're overwhelmed and you're trying to focus on God's presence, maybe that's the time to set all of you presets to worship, you know. And, and if you're allowed to have earbuds at work, you know, stick in your earbuds and put it wherever you get your music. Put together a playlist of songs that draw you into the presence of God. I don't think it's a sin to read fiction books, but when you're overwhelmed and you're trying to focus on God, that's the time to spend more time in devotional reading, in scriptures, you know, and, and just exposing yourself to the Word of God. Because you don't get an awareness of God's presence listening to secular music and reading fiction books. Again, nothing wrong with that. But you understand what I'm saying? When you're overwhelmed, you need to make sure that your focus is on God. Fill your house with praise music. Fill your car with praise music. You know, just saturate yourself with the presence of God. Remember, what you do know is God is with you, and you need to listen and read things that remind you God is with me. The second thing is to be open to God's power. You know, and, and she talks about, you know, the, the angel says, nothing is impossible with God. And, and he, the angel tells her how this pregnancy is going to happen. And then starting in verse 46, she praises God, which is what we call the Magnificat, where she talks about my soul magnifying or glorifying the Lord, which tells me this, when you're overwhelmed, worship. When you're overwhelmed, keep focused on God's power and worship. There's an incredible uh, passage in Psalm 73 where the writer said, I had almost given up until I went to the sanctuary. You've got to stay focused on God's power. And when you're overwhelmed, worship Make yourself worship, whether you feel like it or not, because God is still God, regardless of your circumstances and regardless of how you're feeling. I want this place to be that sanctuary, but you and me can be people of peace, people of God's presence in the lives of others who are struggling. Be open to his power and hold on to his promises. 
In verse 54, he has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Hold on to the promises of God. Nothing is impossible with him. He keeps his promises. Now, his timetable is different than ours. When Gabriel talks to Mary, it's been about 4,000 years since the promise of Genesis chapter 3 that the, the seed of the woman is going to bruise the seed of the serpent, promising the Messiah is going to come. 4,000 years is a long time to wait. And remember that between Malachi and the decree from Caesar Augustus that set in motion Christmas was 400 years. In fact, when you study that in school, they call them the silent years. 400 years between Malachi and Luke 2 that went out of decree from Caesar Augustus. Hold on to God's promises. As Habakkuk says, though it tarries, wait for it. God's timetable is not ours. Mary obviously knew the word because you read that Magnificat, verses 46 through 55, it is filled with quotes and allusions from the Old Testament. She was people, she was a person who knew the word. And, and the Living Bible translation or paraphrase of verse 45, Elizabeth said to Mary, you believed God would do what he said. That's why he's given you this wonderful blessing. You can believe his promises. When you're overwhelmed, it's easy to forget them. Hang on to the promises. God does not mind it when you quote him to him. God, you said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I feel forsaken right now, but you said you would never leave me or forsake me. It, God, your promises says, your word says, quote him back to himself. He doesn't mind. Hang on to the promises of God. And if God's given you a promise and it somehow relates to the overwhelming stuff you're going through, you might need to make copies of that promise and stick it on your bathroom mirror and the refrigerator and your car dashboard and just every to remind you of the promises of God. So, what do you need to do? If you're overwhelmed, if you're perplexed, if you're inwardly filled with commotion, what do you do? Maybe one of these four things. Maybe you need to stop fighting God and just do what you know you need to do. You know, we said last week with Joseph, obedience is the key to maintaining your faith. I, I don't, I'm not going to confess for you, I'll confess for me. I mean, I've been following the Lord a long time, and, and he has been faithful every single time. But when overwhelming things happen, I have a tendency, if I'm not careful, to say, okay, God, you're going to treat me like this? See, you know, if I still read the Bible tomorrow, see if I still pray, if you're going to treat me, you know. And if we're not careful when we get overwhelmed, we'll start to pull back a little bit. Now, see, y'all are more religious than I am, so you wouldn't say that, but, you know. <laughs> but you've thought it. I know you have. I see the guilty look on your face. But... But there, there are times when you just have to say, okay, I know what I need to do. 
I don't feel like doing it right now. God, I'm a little upset at you right now, but I know you're God, and I'm going to obey what I know I need to do regardless of how I feel. If, as I talked about getting around supportive friends, you kind of realized, you know, I don't know that I have anybody like that in my life, please pray that God will lead you to some people who can become that for you. It doesn't happen overnight, but maybe you can... God will bring some people into your life that, that there's a, a spirit-to-spirit resonance. And, you know, maybe this is somebody that will be helpful to me. Maybe this is somebody I can call when I'm saying, you know, I'm really having a rough day. Can you play, pray for me? And they're not going to ask any questions, and they're not going to put me on, quote, the, go- the no, not the gossip chain, the prayer chain. You know, they're, they're, they're going to take it seriously and pray for me. Maybe you need to develop that network of friends. Maybe you need right now to more carefully screen your input and prioritize your listening and watching and reading to the things that are going to build your faith. And maybe bottom line, you just say, God, i got to decide to trust you, period. I I trust you, Lord. I don't understand it. I don't like it. Nowhere does it say you have to like it. (laughs) It just says, trust me. God knows what he's doing. And we can trust him. As somebody put it this way, I don't know why, but I trust God and he knows why. And that's enough. And and maybe in our life, at this season of your life, that's the decision you need to make. God, I'm going to trust you, period. The old song was right, trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but trust and obey. Father, what an incredible example Mary is to us of staying focused on you in the midst of what had to have been absolute life-changing altering news and we're so thankful for her response because she was the mother of the Messiah and, and, and she and Joseph raised you, Jesus, in those formative years. Can't imagine what that must have been like. But we thank you for the example of these heroes of the faith that we kind of just casually talk about at Christmas time. And Lord, for those who may be watching or listening in days and months to come, for those of us here in this room, who maybe find ourselves kind of overwhelmed, where we really even struggled about whether or not we felt like going to church today, I pray, Father, that you would show yourself to us, that we would stay focused on what we know, that you are God, you are good, and you are with us. And as we go through our lives, Father, may we be those people of refuge, that when someone else is overwhelmed, they can find from us the encouragement support and prayers that will help them get through so that in turn they can help the next person as they go through their struggles may we be people of christmas and may your light shine through us i pray and now may the lord bless you and keep you may he make his face to shine on you and give you his peace now and evermore amen God bless you. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being here today. You're dismissed.